Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here is a YouTube device for anyone who wants to start YouTube. Okay. Tech channel. Uh-huh. When we want to start, we look through these YouTuber advices, right? I find that this gives you into a black hole. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to explain why. Okay. Because... They give you hacks to make videos that perform well. Hmm. Yep. And, and when you do that, your goal is to make a video. The goal becomes, I'm going to make a video that performs well and people click on. That's your goal. becomes switching from your passion from software engineering. And I, I run into throw this and that's, wrong do not listen to this this is wrong because if you do that then if you make a video that you're very passionate about and you like it and you post it and it got 100 views and youtube is is the worst with this it it gives you actually oh this video didn't perform as good as your previous video stop doing the no I like here where Gary Vaynerchuk, I really like where he's going with this. It's like, no, just document your, who cares? Yeah. Don't shortcut these things. Make videos that you absolutely like. Who cares if only 100 people watch it versus 10,000? Because those 100, there might be Jeff Bezos among those 100. What's going on, guys? My name is Hussein, and you're about to watch uh, a podcast slash video that I did with uh, Adarsh. He has a good YouTube channel, and uh, we discussed uh, my career and how did I get to programming, uh, how did I start my YouTube channel, and uh, I talk about uh, my my nine to five. How do I not, I do my nine to five and maintain a YouTube channel? I give some advices to people who want to start their own tech. Uh, YouTube channel as well, and and uh, what to do and what sh- what not to do. It's it's a very interesting podcast. Uh, uh, I discussed uh, so why did I pick back in engineering as my career didn't really pick that it picked me more like it. And uh, we discuss also we we talk about being a specialist versus a generalist. You know, a jack of all trade versus a master of one thing you know and uh, and i give my take on that uh i think I, I really 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 enjoyed that podcast and i think you 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 will too so if you like this stuff give this video a like and enjoy the podcast hello everyone my name is adarsh so and today i'm with hussein nasser and hussein is an amazing software engineer who is currently working at Ashley. and <laughs> he also has this awesome uh, youtube channel if you're a uh, software engineer or somebody interested in software engineer, you should definitely check out Hussein's channel because it's just amazing. So thank you so much, Hussein, for doing this. Hello, everyone. Thanks. Thank you so much, Adarsh, for having me. Uh, my name is Hussein, and uh, I've been doing uh, software engineering slash backend engineering videos for around uh, since 2014. That's where I first uploaded my own video on YouTube. 
But I've been doing engineering, software engineering professionally since 2005, 2004. That was my first yeah. career job. But if we're going to talk about just programming and, 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 and just do, doing computer science, I've been doing that since 1996. Wow. So it was I was I was a kid by back then, but that was like when I, when my passion started about software engineering, and and we're gonna talk about all of that and how how I got into software engineering and all all that stuff and and this uh, podcast slash video, and uh, thank you so much, Adash, for uh, having me. On this yeah, channel. my pleasure. Really excited for this. Yeah, it's be okay. fun. So let's get started. So. Uh, let's start a little bit about your early days uh, in programming and how you basically got into uh, coding and what like, you know, introduced you to this software engineering world. Yeah. So what got me into coding was when I was around 15 and 16 years old, I was working with, I was just, I was just a teenager, right? And then yeah. working with my uncle, he was, he brought his laptop, not laptop. It was like, I went to his house and we, he was working on on some application. I didn't know what it was. It's called Fox Pro, I believe, or something like that. And he was writing some code. And I was asking, what is that really? Right. Like, what are, you, what are you doing? I I had a computer. That I, my first computer I had in 1995. But, you know, we play games on computers. And we we don't do anything with it. Just play games. And, and you didn't have internet back then. Just maybe MSN, right. chat. That's the stuff we do with the internet. But... When he, I, I thought him, I, I saw him doing something completely different with the computers. Like he was writing stuff and, and the computer responds back and told him, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm, I'm programming the computer. I was like, what is that? So he gave me this book. He's like, you should read this book. I think I have it right here. Uh, oh, visual, okay. learning visual basic two. Wow. And uh, says, this is basically how you talk to the computer, how to to talk to the machine. And, and I was fascinated by that. It's like, really? So you can instruct the computer to do whatever you want and it will do it. And I don't know what happened with that, but it feels really good. It feels very close to gaming, which is something I'm passionate about too, right. video games. I've been doing video games since I was a kid. And this was very, very similar programming. Programmers who are gamers understand this. Because in a game, you're not like watching a movie. You're interacting with the game. And then you, you can have, you can play, two, two of you can play a game, but have a different, different outcome, yeah. right? Completely different experience. Same thing with a programming computer. You're coding, you can interact with the computer and give it certain instruction and give you completely different output. So it feels very similar. It's not mm -hmm. like a game. So initially I wanted to like build games and, like exactly program. i think everybody That's, kind everybody, of everybody right yeah <laughs> right even me too right yeah. a lot of people like they they now we started to uh, yeah i mean like i did not technically start but uh, this kind of interest right like uh, exactly. it started out with you know okay how does this work how how do you make your own game right but back then when you like checked out, uh, when you like uh, see how you can make games, it's like very complicated things that come up, right? It's fascinating that this is, I, I see this in pattern with pattern. a lot of people. Like, it's right. like, okay, I really like video games and now I want to know how people build video games. Right. And it's just fascinating that we kind of jump try that, but obviously we give up and we, when we, <laughs> exactly. we see how difficult it is mm -hmm. to, be, to build a game. Yeah. I remember even trying to build a game. I was like, 
why is it so slow? <laughs> I was doing, yeah. I, I was trying to build like a MMO kind of a game. What is the game called? Forgot. It's called Dune 2000. Okay. It's a, basically a multiplayer, not multiplayer, RPG kind of a game where you build, you have a base, like Red Alert, Red Alert, Red Alert 2, Red Alert uh, 3, and all these kind of games. So very, I wanted to build something like that. So okay, it's just a whole big picture. Well, this is the base, and as you move, you need to move the picture, but it ah, didn't work. And yes. Nope, nope. It's not that easy. Mm-hmm. You, your computer will run out of memory. You, this is where you realize that you are limited by your computer memory and, mm-hmm. and processing power, right? So it's not, it's not really something easy. This is where fascinating that engineers take that and, and kind of try to solve difficult problems. Because we don't solve like a lot of problems, right? It's not just about like the memory, right? I mean, uh, that is one but uh, engineers take a lot of different problems that are like in different domains and kind of bring solve everything together exactly. to bring out something yeah exactly yeah, yeah this, this is it this is this is what <laughs> we've been doing right we yeah. don't solve a problem that doesn't exist right we don't build these tools just because we're having fun there's always a problem and yeah. we try to solve it mm-hmm. and that's that's how we end up with tools if people try to use these tools without knowing the underlying problem, this is where it leads to us confusing. We, we get confused. Like, why? What is this thing? Why do we have React? Or why do we have Angular? Right? right? It's like, what kind of problem does it solve? Right? That's what I think entry level engineers have problem with when they see this. They don't know where, why do we have these things? Right? Why do I have to learn this over this? It's just interesting. So, yeah, that's in general how I started. Oh, and yeah, just pick it up from there and started building stupid things, stupid <laughs> programs. And yeah, because. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I actually uh, started with uh, QBasic. Uh, that was like this basic programming language. But um, I quickly realized that there was nothing much to do in it. Then <laughs> PHP came along. So then that was kind of a starting point for me. But after that, I kind of picked up on Django and, you know, more okay, mainstream yeah. things. Yeah. Okay, Python. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell me a little bit about what uh, you do at S3 and what a, a day at S3 looks like for you. What are some problems you're trying to solve there? So Esri, uh, this is the company I work for, mm-hmm. for Environmental uh, Systems Research Institute. Oh. And uh, basically, it, it, does, it develops geographic information systems mm-hmm. or it's called yeah. gis yeah. and that's that's the first job i ever got back in right. 2005 mm-hmm. built gis i didn't study gis in, in university i i studied just major computer science but i i find myself uh, working with gis and then building solutions related to mapping and locations that's my specialty that's what that's my right. bread and butter that i do every single day since 2005 up until 2020 right. that's i do this over there so so you might say what what are you doing with maps or is it, is it just a, a navigation kind of a thing no really no. most of my job really don't deal with location based this is okay. all the stuff is built these engines are already built the location and all that spatially 
how to find location based, how to query certain assets in a right. given location. All of this is done. We're just we're just enabling other tech on top of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So basically what I'm working on, we're, we're in a team called the geodatabase team. Okay. And uh, the geodatabase is a layer that, uh, that we built in here in Israel back in, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And it enables you to, in, to work with any database. That's the basic understanding of it. And okay. we call it geo because it geo enables any database. Because back in the 90s, the spatial capabilities in the database didn't exist. You cannot do a spatial query or, mm. or enable a location in the databases, right? These are added later. So geodatabase was added as an abstract layer that can work with Oracle, SQL Server, Postgres, DB2. Right. So and that is fascinating because today we support over like five or six database platforms. Because if I do now, if I now write an application, I write it against this layer, the geodatabase. And if I say query or select start from a given table, mm-hmm. right? I don't really use SQL. It's a special API. Yeah. Right. This code works with Oracle, works with SQL, works with Postgres, and works with any databases. And that's, that's the first thing. That, that's what we're working on. And we have loaded this layer with so many features, right? Awesome. I can go on and go on, but that's just, <laughs> right. yeah. So that's essentially what we're doing, geodatabase. Okay. Uh, I also work on my specialty in that is, is, is utilities, right? Okay. Working with electric, water, gas, utilities, especially back in my home country, Bahrain. Yeah. This is where I work with utilities, right? We enable geographic information systems, maps and apps into their utilities. So let's say if I lost power today, mm-hmm. what caused that power outage? How do I find this very quickly? Right? So you, you now go into network management where these things are just a bunch of network connected to each other, where you go into details like graph theory and algorithms. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a big, big field. And then I can, yeah, yeah. It's just that that's what I do. Databases, utilities, geodatabase, all these kind of stuff. So I work with databases a lot. I work with performance. I work on the web a lot, building services, REST services mainly, right? That hits the back end, right? Geodatabase, which hits those other databases as well, like all the databases. So that's, that's what I work on. So you just mentioned that you, your specialty is um, GIS, right? But at the same time, I see that you have, you know, a kind of knowledge in a lot of things, right? Your YouTube channel kind of reflects that you, you have uh, kind of this diverse um, knowledge. So um, my question too is that, um, are you, do you see yourself as a generalist or a specialist? And what do you think kind of, you know, um, is a good approach. Yeah, so this is a very good question, right? Is it mm-hmm. is it a do you need do you have to become a a, a master of none or a, a jack right. of all trade? Right, this is a very common thing. And, and 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 I think to me, my answer would be you have to become a jack of all trade and le- until you find the trade that you absolutely love and be passionate about, and then you become a master in it. Mm-hmm. And and to me, I'm I'm looking for that trade. 
That's why I'm tasting different things in my channel. Right. I'm working with proxies, working with databases, which I have experience on. I'm, I'm no, I'm, I am by no means expert in any of anything. And I'm, I don't believe even if I became quote unquote expert, I'm not going to call myself an expert because I don't know what that means really, because there will always be someone who knows more. And if you really know a lot about a topic, I bet that you deeply inside know that it's not enough. So it's, it's your approach is that you taste a lot of things and try to find what and let that thing choose you. That's why I, I'm, I'm trying to taste different things. I'm trying to taste different uh, technologies until I find something that I absolutely love. And I'm not saying that I, I don't love any of that stuff that I'm working mm-hmm. on. I love working with security stuff. I love working with proxies a lot. I think proxies will have a big, big, big future in, in backend engineering, especially. Right. I think databases, I like databases a lot. So I don't know. And that's why I just taste different things until I find what exactly I love about this stuff. And maybe I'll, I'll, I'll become a master in it. I'm not right. sure. Yeah. Okay. So as you are, you know, uh, you said you're like tasting different things. You're learning different things. Also on your YouTube channel, you have this um, start with why approach, right? So when you're learning. Yes. So uh, can you like tell me about your learning process and when you have a new topic is or a new subject is thrown at you, how do you kind of approach it? And- yeah, first there is the initial uh there's the, first of all, how do you know about a particular topic, right? Mm-hmm. How, how did you hear about it? This is, this is the first thing, because in order to learn about something, you must have right. heard about it, mm-hmm. right? That's, or, or accidentally stumble upon it, because that's how I learn mostly, accidentally. Just, yeah. I'm reading something, mm-hmm. and this is called also collateral knowledge, and I talked about it in my channel a little bit, where you want to learn something, but in your way to learn this something, you stumble upon something that you don't understand mm-hmm. and you branch out and you start learning that thing. Right. And, and, and while learning that new thing, you stumble upon something that you don't know and you start learning it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing, how you discover new technologies. That's without just knowing what or why mm-hmm. these technologies exist. That's a different question. So yeah. that's, that's the collateral knowledge. And I, and I really implore any engineer to use this to their advantage. Yeah. There will come a stage where you don't care uh, to learn at, at that depth of a knowledge, right? So, yeah. and, and to me, that could be how the TCP packet looks like. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? That yeah. could be one was like, oh, you know, I don't really care how it looks like. Okay? Although funny enough, I started recently yeah. to know Mm-hmm. To, to actually, oh yeah, I need to know how this looks like in order to, uh, to know how, how large these packets compared to UDP in order to understand how why HTTP3 exists, right? So you, you, you will know so immediately, it's like, okay, maybe I, I don't need to learn this now, but immediately that will unlock at, at other, some other time, right? So that's, that's how I basically fan out and start learning technologies, how I find out like a technology. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Today, I started wanted to make a video about WebRTC okay. because a lot of people are requesting this technology yeah. and I don't know anything about it. Okay. I researched it last year, but 
I reached a state where I don't understand networking uh, enough to make a video about WebRTC. Because I don't want to make a video without actually deeply understanding. I find myself un- not honest enough if I make such a video. And uh, like you also have to answer all the questions in the comments, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Exactly. So WebRTC, I, I took a pause of making that video last year and I started diving into network engineering. If you ch- see my channel, you'll see a yeah, yeah, lot yeah. of network videos. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden come out like right. TCP, UDP, Synflood, yeah. uh, NAT. I started learning about this stuff because I don't know what NAT is. And apparently I need to understand it. And now one year later, coming to WebRTC, I was like, what is that? Let me learn it. And yeah, okay, I understand it better, but now I know that NAT has like four types of NATs that it didn't exist. Network address translation. And now I'm learning this stuff now. Network address translation. In order to know that, you need to understand this in order to understand the STUN protocol and the ICE protocol and and, and, and other, what is called that? Turn, STUN and turn. Yeah, this is the different. so, So yeah, it is extremely complex it comes to your questions like next when do you how do you learn a stuff right because yeah. now you know there is a tech out there that you want to learn web rtc there is there is react there is engine x there is uh traffic layer seven load balancing right yeah. Now you ask, this is my approach. I don't ask what this thing is because that will just confuse me even more. I ask, why does it exist? What problems does it solve? And I find myself that that's just a personal preference. I know every engineer learned differently. Is what, why does this thing exist? And uh, I always find my, I can sometimes find an answer in which I find myself comfortable. Oh, whew, okay. That's why it does exist. So that's in this case, uh, all right, I'm going to learn it because I know why it exists because of this, 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 because there's our problem and we solved it. And, and here's, here's one thing that I don't know why it exists and people will hate me for it. I know like react. I still can't find my answer to why react exists because everything that I do with react exist in javascript right, right. And, and it doesn't really solve a problem that at least i encountered and you might give me all kind of shade and that's okay because i'm not a front-end engineer i haven't built complex front-end applications yeah. maybe if i did i'm like of course that's why i need react right Perfect. that's why i, I didn't re- so i wouldn't recommend react to anyone because if I'm going to build an application, I'm going to build an ugly application with pure HTML5 and JavaScript. And I know everything that goes into my application. And that's another thing. I don't like to put third-party stuff mm-hmm. just in my application. Cool. Yeah. yeah, just because it's, it just, it just, I need to understand everything that goes into my application. And, and obviously this goes... Uh, beyond some some people principles because some mm-hmm. people's like no of course you have to reusability and all that stuff but yeah mm-hmm. i'm gonna reuse a component if i really understood what it does right. and uh, then i'm gonna import it and uh, i 
completely understand what it does and what is its capabilities, then I'm going to import it in my code. And oh, that's why I like open source because you can go to the code and see what it does, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So yeah, that's a, that's essentially my take on right. things. Obviously, people can disagree and agree with everything that, sure. uh, that we discuss here, right? That's, that's the beauty of engineering. Right. Not everyone is the same and everyone thinks differently. And, and that's what we need. We need different spectrum right. of things. There are like a hundred ways of solving one problem, right? Yeah. Exactly, right? Yeah. And, and, and I think that's part of it. I think this is an art. And some people disagree. If they, people think of... Yeah, even I, I think it's an art, yeah. Yeah. Some people say, no, this is just a job. You go and build code and close it. Yeah. You might say Could carpenting be. is a job as well. But the carpenter who absolutely passionate about carpenting they will disagree with you. No, you can do different work based on how passionate you build something, right? I think everything is like, and I, and I feel the same thing with the engineering and design and it's so beautiful to see how people solve different problems. It's just amazing. So uh, for the people who are just starting out their careers in software engineering or um, uh, you know, people in their final years of college are going to graduate, what are um, what is some advice that you would like uh, those people to know uh, so that they can have a good and successful or a fulfilling career in software engineering? Uh, patience, right? That's that's my basic advice. I mean, patience. I mean, don't go to thirty day courses that will give you you think that gonna give you become a best software engineer, front-end engineer, back-end engineer. There is no single tutorial that you're going to watch in a month that's going to make you an expert. There is no shortcuts. And, I, and Gary Vaynerchuk always says that. Don't yep. take shortcuts. Don't think there exists shortcuts. Yeah, you might watch, you might watch one of these videos or go buy this uh, algorithms course or package mm-hmm. that gives you the necessary questions to pass an interview but you're on your own. That's, to me, that's also a shortcut, right? Even taking these algorithms and, and all that stuff just to pass a, a FANG interview, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, that's also a shortcut. And maybe that's okay. Maybe that's just your entry to get into that so right. you can start your career, right? Don't think just you got an interview with a job or just they accepted you. This is the end. No, it's just the beginning. Enjoy and make sure that you enjoy it. I'm not, don't force yourself to like something that you don't, right? Mm-hmm. Whether back end engineering, whether front end engineering, everyone has its own soul. And, and, and you can, you have, you can only be you, right? And you can just pick what you absolutely like, taste everything, right? In different sectors software engineering taste front end engineering taste crypto if you like this stuff taste taste back and taste databases taste security or network engineering because you can do so much with every single one of them and yep. be the person who if they said oh rocks db they say your name or they say yeah. if they say react native they say your name right, right? Be that person. If you really absolutely passionate about something or they say Django, then they say your name. They just try to pick something and dive deep into it. But how do you know that without tasting different things? You don't. 
because you have no idea. And I'm still in this journey. I, I don't know what I'm going to like. I like all of that stuff. That's why I'm making videos about everything. Yeah. And I find myself leaning toward proxies a lot. I think this has a big future, especially with service message and microservices and all that stuff. We're using proxies a lot these days. So yeah, that's a, I think that's just the general advice. I know this might not be something you want, you guys want to hear, yeah. but it's not, it's, there are no shortcuts. Yeah. It's, it's just being patient, right? Tasting different, reading a lot, listening to videos and just absorbing information, asking so many questions, ask yeah. as many questions as possible. There are no stupid questions. If someone asked you, told you that this is a, this is a dumb question, they're probably being defensive and, and, and they don't want to answer that. Right. So just, just be, just be yourself and pick something and just run with it. Ask questions that don't really learn, keep learning. And I think that's, that's one way to learn because keep know that this journey is going to take years. Right. And, uh, it's so always a marathon and not a sprint. Exactly, it's not. It's not. It's not a sprint. It's, it's a marathon, right? It's just yeah. a long. It's a long journey. Just yeah. enjoy it. And if you don't like it, then you have to pick something you're passionate about. I'm not. We're not talking about engineering or software here. Yeah. Talking about everything in life. This is a general advice, I think. Right. Yeah. And I'm not a life coach by any means, but I think that's if you want. It, if you're passionate about what you're building. And, and this could be a kind of, people can argue with this. No, not every job has to be passion. Sure. Obviously that's sure. Yeah. You need to eat at the end of the day. Yeah. You, you can get any job, but it doesn't have to be your major. I know a lot of people who are great engineers, but they hate their job. Mm-hmm. They treat it as just a job or well, they are so smart right. and they, they, they like other things mm-hmm. and that's not wrong. Are you like a Gary Vaynerchuk fan? Uh, since yeah. yeah, me too. So I have like a quick two minute story to tell you on what I did. So I'm from yeah. India. I'm from Kerala, uh, like a yeah. small state in India. So yeah, he said that, okay, go to, uh, you know, how you can uh, generate leads, like go to Instagram, message these people, uh, I don't know, some 99 cent thing or something. I don't know. Like he said, basically mm-hmm. his point was that you uh, message like 10, 15 people, one person is going to reply to you. Okay. So another day he was talking about his company, VaynerMedia, all that. So what I do is I go to VaynerMedia's website. I see a sub company called Tracer in there, which is like a data and aggregation analytics company. So I look at it and it's like very vaguely similar to one project that I did in the past, like two years back. Mm-hmm. So uh, the uh, social media of the CEO and CTO is listed. I mm-hmm. simply message the CEO on Instagram saying, okay, hey, uh, I think I- I'm ready to work for free. Like Gary says it, uh, I'll work for free. Okay. Uh, like exactly how he said it, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Okay. His advice. And two weeks, um, he replies, uh, send me an email. Okay. I send this guy an email um, and uh, we get on a call. Uh, and I could not attend the call because his assistant uh, did not uh, put it to the like the international yeah. roaming thing. Then mm-hmm. I thought I was done. Then I followed up. Uh, she set up another call and we got on the call. And mm-hmm. what happened was that um, okay. I started, uh, so I got on the call with him, then with the CTO, the engineering team. It's like a 25% company. So uh, then I'm on the team as a consultant. Okay, They give me this separate project um, to work on. 
and mm -hmm. I worked with them for around four five months. Uh, and my uh, semester exams are about to be over. My sem break is about to start. Two weeks mm -hmm. before it starts, uh, I'm like talking to my manager, like, okay. So I had actually been to um, like New York before because uh, to meet my aunt there, my grandfather, like just once for visiting. My aunt actually lives there, so. Okay. The, yeah so i was like telling him okay yeah i've been there i've seen this place so he's like okay so why don't you like come intern with us i said but what about the visa like uh, what about all that complexity he's like okay i i don't know about it let me ask my legal team and they're like okay if you come uh, you can like uh, we cannot like add you as an employee you cannot work on premises or anything but you can come attend meetings meet the team like you know be with us yeah so i was like okay and i kind of like took the risk i went there so you you came to the states yes i literally like came there did kind of like an internship an unofficial internship for two months awesome. yeah okay so okay you're saying this story because it, you just tried right yeah, look at yeah. the I opportunities mean, that opened that's I, I think i just like i followed his advice right like he says i kind of executed on what he said rather than just listening to it and yeah it's not just about listening you have to execute right i wish yeah. i heard venacha before i started my career i just learned about him two years ago unfortunately yeah. but yeah, yeah still he helped me a lot right i just want to like share that because yeah. oh that's actually yeah. awesome man that's yeah. awesome so um through uh, the engineering journey mm. a lot of mm. engineers tend to be overconfident or arrogant uh, with respect to you know what they can do what they know uh, mm -hmm. at the same time you always try to be so humble and approachable and you have also written a book about it right and by the way the book is free you should check it out on his website um, and give it a read so can you like um, tell me a little bit about why it's important to you know stick to your roots and be humble uh throughout your journey and what impact it could have that's a that's a wonderful question but i want to correct something you said okay. i um i try to be humble but yeah. i think every us every everybody inside we have this arrogance and i think i do as well mm -hmm. and i i can i i am just aware of it right sometimes i'm not yeah. and, and it happens a lot with my, with my current work at least and and i mm -hmm. always catch it the trick here is to catch yourself if you became arrogant. Mm -hmm. And what you might say, I don't know if you disagree, arrogance is not good in general, right? So we have to establish yeah. this. Yeah. Like, nobody likes someone who thinks they know everything, right? Because we don't, right? And, and I, I like to, if you have this attitude that you don't know, right? And there are, there's, there's this gap that you can escape and, and, and uh, kind of improve, right? You will always get better. But if you think that you know a lot, then you stop improving, I think. I believe that you just cease to improve. And that, that's kind of not good in general because... And that's kind of general advice to anyone. And I, the, my book is called The Empathetic Engineer with an exclamation uh, mark in front, which, is, which means in programming, not, right? The not empathetic or unempathetic engineer. And empathetic for non-English speaking, because I, I didn't know what that word means mm -hmm. two years ago. 
as, as means to put yourself in, in, in someone else's shoes or place. It's called empathy. So that's so always like try to, if someone tried to speak to you, right? And especially between us engineers, and I explained a little bit in the book, why is that? There's a lot of tension between engineers because there are, and I believe that because there are vast amount of ways to solve a problem, this creates a spectrum of opinions. Unlike other careers, I might be wrong there, but especially in engineering, there's so many ways to solve this. Some people argue and fight in open source whether to put the comments, uh, the comments above or below or whether to use slash star or slash slash. Some people argue about that, right? Some, some people argue, oh, your if statement should, should not be short-circuited and, and you have to use nested instead versus people argue otherwise, right? That level, and there are, if you go up, there are design philosophies that engineers agree, disagree about all the time. And that creates arrogance. And this, this stops our improvement because now if you, Ardash, I want, if you have a solution and I think I know everything, Hussein knows everything, I'm not going to listen to your solution. I might, I'm not, I'm not going to let you think that I'm listening, but I'm going to say, mm, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going, keep going. Because I don't care what you're saying anyway. I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to do whatever I'm thinking. That's, that's arrogance, right? That's not empathetic, right? So in the book, I talk about uh, how can you put yourself in, in, in place of others and see how they think. Because Jordan Peterson, another, I'm a big fan of, of yeah. I, he says, assume the person you're talking to knows something you need to know, right? Right. Used to say, like, assume the person that you're listening to, I'm listening to Adersh, knows something that you need to do, not just something you don't know. That's mm-hmm. another topic, right? He might or she might know something that you absolutely need to know. And if you start with this uh, attitude, you will be willing to listen to people. And when you do that, you're going to improve because. People might tell you something you need to know, and that will advance your career, right? And, and that's, I think every engineer, every CEO, everybody has to have this skill because how, this is how we learn from each other. Your experience, Adarsh, with certain frameworks or certain technology is completely different than mine. You might give me a tip that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use 10 years later. It's like, oh, wait a second. Adarsh taught me that one day. He got into this problem and I, he used this instead of this because of this, right? You have no idea what people can tell you if you're willing to listen. And especially this is very special in engineering. And I find from my 15, 16 years career, professional career, and 20 years just working with computers and computer science and dealing with people, yeah. that this is true. We don't listen because we think that we know everything. Why do I have to listen to you? I think your solution is garbage. And, and, and yeah, I, think, I don't think that's a, that's a healthy thing. And so that, that book is, and this is, it's a free book. I, I don't even need your email. I'm not going to send you any promotions. or You can type just abcd at gmail.com and get the ebook, right? Because I, I couldn't find a way to send you the ebook without, without right. having this, what is called a gum 
yeah. road or whatever yeah, it's yeah. called that, that service. Yeah. So it's just the idea is I tell a bunch of stories. They are not real stories, but they are fictionalized, a little bit changed about this engineer, which is this unempathetic engineer and how he runs into these situations yeah. where every time he thinks he's smart and he turns out to be, to be wrong with every single story up until the end, right? So it just, it's just a, a collection of stories that tells you, that kind of reflects us on engineers. Like, wait a second, I'm doing all of that stuff because I've been guilty about all of that stuff. I always, even if I don't express it publicly, I feel it sometimes like, you know what? This guy's talking about using MongoDB over Postgres, but I believe relational databases are superior. I do that sometimes, right? But I don't explain why, and that's wrong. I should, I should listen. I should dig deep into why people are using MongoDB and, and why I'm, I can explain why I'm not using it. There are certain reasons, and I still believe that everything, uh, every project I'm going to use, I'm always going to pick a relational over a NoSQL, and I have my reasons. But just like React, one person, you maybe it's going to be you, Adash, or someone else going to say, Hussein, you're wrong. You, there are use cases where you need to pick NoSQL or MongoDB. There are use cases where you're going to use Angular or React. And here is it, it is. And I'm going to say, mind blown. I was wrong. And I've said it so many times on my channel. I was wrong about so yep. many things. And that's, that's how you try to be. But I'm still working on it. I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm humble enough. I'm, I'm working on that. So yeah, that's, that's, that's just just of being rooted and being just try to be acceptable. And yeah, that's just general interaction with human beings. Right. So um, yes, we, I think that part is uh, kind of clear, right? Why you should not be, you know, that kind of a person, but um, what are your thoughts on the situation where you are trying your best but people around you are being arrogant with you or like what's your advice on generally dealing with those kinds of people? You mean your YouTube comments? <laughs> yeah. I mean, huh? that's also a uh, source, right? <laughs> yeah. I said, okay. So how I deal with other people's, I don't give, if someone is arrogant with me, I don't tell them, Oh, please be humble. I don't say yeah. that. I don't think you should because nobody is going to listen to you if they are like that. You know, yeah. I was saying you have to deliver the message differently. And I find this from experience. Mm-hmm. You don't say, no, be humble, man. Don't say that. You have to be, nah, no, yeah. nobody's listening. Nobody's going to listen to you like that. It's just, I, I, I kind of try to listen to those people and see if they make valid points because I try to implement the same framework. Yeah. Right. Maybe this arrogant person is telling me something that I need to change in me. And I call him and I'm calling him or her arrogant just as a defense, but maybe she's not, maybe she knows something I don't know. And that's, I, I, I deal with the same thing with the comment, with my YouTube comment section. Mm-hmm. I had someone three years ago on my comment section attack me almost like that says, don't try to uh, don't make these kind of videos, make these kind of videos. 
and and try to change this try to change this and and he was like if you read the comment it's almost very offensive mm-hmm. right it's a, 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 not offensive in a, it's it's an attack almost and at the offense right that's what i meant right and that everybody is going to take this as a defense is going to be defensive like how dare you talking about like delete comment or spam report spam i tried not to do that anymore i used to do way five years ago when i was very insecure about people uh commenting on or criticizing me but now i take it and this guy now he's stuck from three years ago and still he's commenting on my all of my videos and he improved my channel i gotta give it to him he improved my channel because he said uh in the beginning because when i looked at it through an magnifying glass mm-hmm. virtually it's like okay this guy's trying to help he's not being a troll and he said you just said your introduction is too long well how about i short my introduction how about i don't i don't ramble a lot i i got better my 18 videos now it turns into eight minutes naturally i don't i don't talk more than eight or nine minutes if i'm going to talk about a new story i find myself ramble a lot but I got better. Yeah. Right? He told me once I was using this tool. Uh, that was someone else. He tells me, hey, your video is good, but you wasted a lot of time drawing this stuff, right? Just have these sketches re- le- ready, right? Or you wasted a lot of time switching colors. You're going through this color and then change the red and then change the green. Don't show us that how you change colors. Just change it and edit it later. I was just being lazy because I don't want to edit that out. Plus, I was talking while I was going and changing the color. So people noticed that and they, they didn't like it. And I changed it. I, 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 I'm improving. So there are obviously just bad comments that people will comment about your, your race or your religion or how you look or how, how, how your nose looks like that. I just, I just leave those. If, they are, if it's very, very offensive, I remove it. Mm-hmm. But otherwise... All my comments are beautiful people commenting and, and, and they're lovely. Everybody's just showing their love. And I, I'm really grateful that we have this platform that we can yeah. ex- express what we think. I'm just, I just recorded a video about the Cloudflare outage that happened yesterday. I was mm-hmm. like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go after this video. I'm going to publish it. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. What do you think? As you are a YouTube creator as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing for me is the ability to share this at scale, right? So I basically started the channel thinking, okay, so this is one problem that, I don't know, two, three people ask me. So if these mm-hmm. three people are asking me, then maybe more people need it, right? More people are yes. having the same problem, right? Exactly. So um, that's how I kind of started. And if you look at my channel, it's, it's, it's almost random stuff. You know, it's basically people that ask me uh, like, okay, can you make a video on this? Or I find this difficult. So can you like uh, kind of simplify this? So um, that, yeah, I mean, it, it gives me great pleasure in when people say, okay, this thing helped me. Thank you so much for this. Right. That's just. Yeah. Makes Here's it an fun. advice. Mm-hmm. Here is a YouTube advice for anyone who wants to start YouTube. Okay tech channel Uh when we want to start we look through these youtuber advices right i find that 
this gives you into a black hole. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to explain why. Okay. Because they give you hacks to make videos that perform well. Hmm. Yep. And, and when you do that, your goal is to make a video. The goal becomes, I'm going to make a video that performs well and people click on. That's your goal becomes switching from your passion from software engineering. And I, I run into through this. Uh, yeah, same. Even I have that thought process going on yeah. at some point. Yeah. And that's wrong. Do not listen to this. Okay. Yeah. This is wrong because if you do that, then if you make a video that you're very passionate about and you like it and you post it and it got hundred views, Yep. And YouTube is, is the worst with this. It, it gives you actually, oh, this video didn't perform as good as your previous video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop doing the video. No. I like here where Gary Vaynerchuk, I really like where he's going with this. It's like, no, just document your, who cares? Yeah. Don't shortcut these things. Make videos that you absolutely like. Who cares if only 100 people watch it versus 10,000? Because those hundred, there might be Jeff Bezos among those hundred, right? Or someone who absolutely find you unique. Because if you tweaked your videos and, and your content to post so that your algorithm or, or, or people reacted to, then you're just like everybody else. You're just a copy of everybody. Because then you're going to make one of those beautiful videos that goes every year top 20 programming languages to <laughs> yeah. learn in 2020 i absolutely i don't know what to say about these videos man i don't know i just and, and everybody's doing these videos because they do well because why every entry programming want to know which language to learn and they th- these videos do better so people make these videos and and, and why What's the purpose of this? You're not helping. This is the, because if this was an actual good comparison, I would know. It's just a rambling video about what programming languages are popular. It doesn't mean anything. You can use any programming language to build literally anything. You can use Python to build a web server. You can use JavaScript to build a proxy. Yeah, there are language that gives you tweaks but 90 percent of the engineers shouldn't worry about these tweaks unless you're building an application that you want to optimize like i I give this example on on uh, linker d which is the company that builds the service mesh for uh, kubernetes they started with a service mesh and their proxy was built in java and they switched it to Rust, I believe. Okay, mm-hmm. and go. They had a reason for the switch, not because Rust was popular, because Rust was didn't have a garbage collection, and the garbage collector in Java was posing the application a lot, especially as a proxy. There's yep, a lot yep. of traffic going on on from proxy, and Java was just collecting garbage, collecting, imposing the application and causing latency problems. So they switched it to Rust. Obviously that was a big project and they 
rename it to Conduit, I believe, and then rename it to Linkerd 2.0. So that's a good use case to change languages. But no, if you want to start a language, if you're building a hobby project, start with any language. Even if you're building a big project, right? Start with any language. Unless you have a lot of resources, a lot of money to research what programming languages is really good fit and and really this this time with microservices doesn't really matter what programming yeah. languages you use because we are what's the word polyglot architecture where mm-hmm. any service can talk to any service through the beautiful protocol grpc http anything right as long as you speak this protocol and you speak this protocol i don't care what language you speak we're going to speak the same protocol there are a little bit nuances for that, but that's a, just another thing. That's, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought I lost my train of thought. What were we yeah. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, let's continue, right? Since we're talking about that, yeah. uh, you know, even I'm guilty of it. I see a lot of people, you know, uh, kind of wasting time on this is choosing what technology, right? You have an idea, you know a problem to solve, but then you spend like, I don't know, one month on picking the right technology. Okay, what should I build the back end with? What should I build the front end with? Okay, now what about the proxies? You know, it's it, it kind of gets out of hand and you go into this rabbit hole at some point, right? Yeah, over planning, over engineering. Yeah. That's just, yeah, just pick something, run with it, yeah. solve with it. I know a lot of people don't like the trial and error, but I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. I just, hey, I'd rather yeah. do something than just dwell about yeah. it. I'm going to pick Nginx. I'm going to pick HA proxy. I'm going to pick whatever, right? Envoy. Yeah. A web server, I'm going to pick Apache, Caddy, anything, right? Yeah. Just pick something. Don't dwell about it. Move on. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the shortest advice. I mean, yeah. there are cases where you need to do some research. Mm-hmm. It depends how big and what, whom going to consume your tech. Right. That. Right. If you have a lot of clients consuming, when I say client, not users, actual client applications consuming you, then you might want to think about uh, optimizing this stuff. But how do you know if you didn't do anything? Do something, fix later. Do something, iterate. That's the agile method, right? Yeah. Can you uh, share a little bit about your future plans like, have you ever, you know, thought about starting your own company or doing something of that sort? Yeah. So that's a good question. I, I personally, I don't have entrepreneurial genes. Mm-hmm. If that's your question. I don't, I didn't ever think about starting my own company and being my yeah. own boss. I don't mind working for other people at all. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I find it okay. I still, I still have a job nine to five. Mm-hmm. I work from seven to six, but sure. Same thing. But yeah, it's just, I, I didn't find myself because I don't know what, what do I want to build to start yeah. a company? Yeah. Just some people have this entrepreneurial gene mm-hmm. where they want to start a company in order to, that's part of the art we talked about. It's an art entrepreneur. You need to start a company is, some people do it for the money and nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. You can do that. But some people start companies just because they enjoy the process of running a company. Yeah. I don't have that gene. I'm not sure that might change in the future. I might be very uh, involved in a project that might start a company 
or might start something around it. The YouTube channel is becoming something that I kind of like. It's, it's, it's a combination of a courses, back-end news kind of a channel. I want to take that route maybe. I want to maybe just document and talk about news, software news that is, because there are men, almost none people or channels talking about not tech news. There are a lot of people there with tech news, but mm-hmm. software news, right? Yeah. WhatsApp now supports 1 million or 2 million TCP connection on their server. How the heck did they, they do that? Nobody's talking about that, right? Yeah. Some, some things like related to software, especially back engine, because that's what I enjoy building. That's what might take that channel here. But as of now, I'm just doing what I enjoy. Don't have a plan awesome. to be honest. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just, yeah. I don't, I don't believe you have to start a company at the end. That's not, doesn't have to be a goal. Maybe I'm wrong. My, yeah. my future self will say, you're dumb saying you should have started a company. Oh, well, maybe. <laughs> But actually, you never know, right? Maybe this could be one of those things that you taste, right? Maybe you try out something. Yeah. Maybe, you're right. Who knows? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, um, finally, um, can you tell me, say, three things that you wish a uh, 20 or 21-year-old uh, Hussein should know or you wish somebody had told you? Or maybe this could be some key takeaways that you learned throughout your journey so what would be say three things well i wish i started my youtube channel in 2012 or 13 when and and because i when i when i first had passion about that i i used the blogging uh platform and i blogged in 2009 about tech yeah. That that got me my first opportunity to write my first bo- book. Yeah. A UK publisher approached me because they saw my blog about a certain tech and I wrote a book for them and then I wrote another one, another one, another one. But I was really insecure with my voice and with my appearance and I, do, I, I wasn't comfortable in front of camera mm-hmm. to talk. And I wish I started that earlier i started a little bit late i started in 2015 or 14 i wish i started making videos very earlier so i become so i can uh, make my english better because yeah. my english is not that good yet but if i started earlier then i can talk better and i can talk a lot if you you practice the, the language more then you become better at it so i just want I, I wish i started making videos way back so I can gain more confidence. Because like, if you watch my first video in 2015, 2014. Yeah, I've seen some of this. Yeah, it's just, it's about all, all of them are about GIS because that's yeah. the only thing I know back then. So I would make videos about this stuff. But I wasn't comfortable in front of the camera. I, was, I wasn't recording my voice, but I was making excuses. I remember still, I was telling my wife, uh, I, I can't make a video because I don't have a mic <laughs> or, or, Oh, I can't make a video because I need a, a special mic. So I can, my audio become better. I was like, 
then we like saved up a little bit for a mic and then I bought this PlayStation 3 yeah. mic. That it's actually right, right there behind oh, me. That's yeah, yeah. that's the one I I just like a headphone and then I started recording with it and and that quality sucked. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? This is even worse than recording off the Mac. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I can either stop here and make other excuses or just make my own first video. And I started making video with a built-in mic. Mm-hmm. And I continued doing this for about two years. Cool. Just making videos with just the built-in mic in my MacBook. Oh my, I don't know, remember what, what was Windows there. But I was giving myself a lot of excuses just no stop because I was, in, in, I was insecure about mm-hmm. my voice. I was insecure about my looks. I started recording my actual face maybe in 2018. Okay. So four years after that, right? Mm-hmm. And I stopped in the middle. But the only advice I would give myself is go. I'm going to kick my butt and start earlier. But obviously that ship had passed. So if I'm going to give any advice to anyone, just start. If you know something, share it with them people because you have no idea what that piece of knowledge that you know might help someone to complete a piece of puzzle and a puzzle i mean actual software maybe or application or a product that might change the world you might not directly change it but you helped in the process and and you don't have to take credit about that but it feels good just to know that oh this guy used my part of my code or my strategy to change the life. And some people emailed me uh, in 2016 on that my videos help them get a promotion. Oh. It feels really good, man. Because it's just, you don't, you don't need credit about this stuff. It just feels good to help people in general. So if you know anything, if you know fishing, if you know art, if, you, if you're great a music producer, if you build, if you write music, just put it out there, man. Because you have no idea who is going to help. Open source, you software. Don't say, oh, my software might suck. Just put it out there. Your ideas might actually help someone else. So that comes with the same thing. Videos, my knowledge should have been shared way back. And I'm going to use that momentum to keep improving my own self. I would, if I started in 2010, 2009 making videos, I would be 10 and 20, 30, 100 times more knowledgeable than I am today. Because yeah. I'm looking at myself as like, I don't know anything. Yeah. Every time I look at this amount of information, we don't know anything. It's just fascinating. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, as us creators, right? People think that we... I, I think people do think, I mean, I'm not sure. I think there is this general thing there that, okay, you can share knowledge only if you're an expert or those who are sharing knowledge are experts. But rather, I find myself, and I think in your case too, right? We kind of share the learning process rather than uh, sharing the you know knowledge that we already have. It's, it's more about uh, learning something that you're interested in and, okay, uh, putting it out there. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely agree with you. And I, as long as you say that, guys, this is my opinion. I'm not going to say this is facts. Right, right. right you, you're not going to say, oh, this is the way to go. Everything else is wrong. Right? Yeah. You don't say that. You just say, hey, 
and I try, I, I become better and better with this. It's like, okay, I'm not going to give you my ideas as they are gospel or, or mm -hmm. the truth. These are my opinions and you feel free to disagree. And I'm, I'm, a lot of people disagree with me and a lot of people agree. And this is how we have discussion and we improve. Because yeah. that's what I, I really I find interesting if people disagree and they give their own opinion about things. It's just fascinating how, how, how your perspective changes. You have discussion, you improve. That's that's our goal, just to improve and become better and better. And that's the you know whole community aspect of it, where like you learn and grow together. Hundred percent, right? man. So yeah, thank you so much, Hussain, for doing this. It's been amazing. Thank you, thank you so much for taking out the time. I know you are um, quite busy, but still <laughs> you made this happen. So thank you so much. Really, really I appreciate it. This. this was so much fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for for having me. I appreciate it.